This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the Think Tank. A lot on the plate today because there is a ton of news. I want to give you an update. Um, today, we're going to talk about the news of the day, um, but on tomorrow is his story, and it is about a popular delusion. This one is a really important one. I'm going to have to tell you who it's about because uh, it kind of ruins the story, but um, popular delusions actually is the name of a book that was written, I think, in the 1700s about how the mass of population, when somebody says, hey, here's a get rich, get rich scheme, how this takes over society. The opposite is true as well. When there is trouble and somebody says, hey, I have a way out of that pain, you'll listen to pretty much anyone. Tomorrow is a one you don't want to miss. And then on Wednesday, part two of our series on the pendulum from the vault. You don't want to miss that. They kind of tie into each other. But today, news of the day, and we start with the latest appointments from Donald Trump in the think tank. Come on. Jason, who later in the program we have to talk about because you're getting on a plane and going to Iraq today. A matter of hours. Yeah. I felt your flak vest the other day. That crazy? Crazy. How much that weigh? 65 pounds, I believe. So you're going in, I mean, you're going into ISIS tunnels. Yeah. This like, week. In fact, there's, there's portions of Mosul that we cannot get to unless we take a tunnel. That's Otherwise, crazy. we'll get our wow. heads shot off. But we're going to take an ISIS tunnel over there and uh, link up with Iraqi special forces. Does anybody else want to ask him, why the hell are you doing that? You, you, told, you, you threatened me with my life. <laughs> you must do this story right. for the sake of the company. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, I just did this all on my own. It's, I just think it's a really important story that we have to get out there. And, you know, there's a certain filter on, you know, news that, um, uh, that sometimes pisses me off, to be honest, as far as what's actually going over there, what's not going over there. And I just want to show the viewers, our audience, exactly what is going on there. And when you come back? I'm um, going to come back Monday night. So it's a 30-hour flight on the way back. It's going to be horrible. What's it there? uh, 15 hours going over there. So I don't know the difference. So I try to do this twice. Both times the flights got canceled or one just disappeared on me. Uh, So I thought it was time to take a step back. And I thought God was trying to tell me something that now was not the time. But everything's worked out perfectly now. uh, So hopefully now is the time. Okay. We'll talk a little bit about what's going to happen on your um, trip. But let's, let's start with the Trump mandate. Uh, Good gosh! Did mean, you were you guys watching Twitter when all this went down? I think it's comical. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, come on! What's he? Getting, I mean, can he really actually do that? Well, no, he can't. Bowie, why don't you kick us off with that? Because Bowie did not like the story. <laughs> I just thought this was a pointless story because it's never going to happen, and it's just Trump being Trump. And certain people like to make drama out of it and discuss it as if it's going to happen, and we all know it's not. So mm. last night on. 
on the 60 Minutes interview with Paul Ryan, he sort of uh, rationalized away this, this, this Twitter Trump by saying it's his way of sort of giving voice to people, you know, that yeah. have been marginalized or whatever. My question, though, is does he need to continue doing that now that he's well, president Well, let's explain what is not going to happen. What's not going to happen? Trump's not going to impose all these taxes on private U.S. businesses. He doesn't have the power to. He can. Mm-hmm. Through what? He'll find a way. He'll I mean, I think he can find... There's no constitution. But he's, he's no, made there's no constitution. I mean, the constitution will not allow him to do that. Right. He, he could try to apply them, but it would be overturned in the Supreme Court, depending on, you know... Uh, this Supreme Court, or even adding one, will not allow him to to impose taxes on specific companies to... I, 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 I can't believe that. Didn't Does Obama that mean do it? he won't try it? Mm-hmm. I think he'll try it. Didn't Obama do it to tires? To, to, to prop up tire making here in the United States? And he did it against, like, I think it was in China? Obama? No. Not that I know I don't think so. of. No. Tariffs against companies overseas, yes. However, you, you say tires, and that does... Who's our historian? Uh, that does remind me of a story from FDR... Uh, but that was just regulation. It wasn't taxes. He regulated the market that hurt them. He got together with B.F. Goodrich and Goodyear and went to a tire manufacturer who was much better in, I think, New Jersey, and he colluded with two of them, and they said, hey, you need to have safety standards. Well, this one, this third company could not afford those safety standards, and that's what put them out of business. In Trump's first tweet, he said the U.S. is going to substantially reduce taxes and regulations on businesses, but any business that leaves our country for another country, fires its employees, builds a new factory or plant in the country, and then thinks it will sell its product back in the U.S. without retribution and consequence is wrong. There will be a tax on our soon-to-be-strong border of 35% for these companies. That's crazy. And That's what, he, what Obama did was the tariff dropped down to tires costing 50 to 60 bucks as opposed to the higher-end tires that you put on really nice cars. So even, you know, your Toyota Corollas, the 50 to $60 tires, we're going to have the tariff on it. That's that was you, China? Uh, that was Obama doing this. Okay. So I guess he could put tariffs on. I was thinking about the company still being here in America. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could put tariffs on. Uh, There's always a way to, to, to screw companies somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would know how to do that. Uh-huh. I think... I mean, I think he made huge gains. Like, remember when he was in Michigan, and we talked about this before, when he, when he said he was going to do this to car dealerships when they are uh, yeah. manufacturers when they go to Mexico. And that was a huge win for him. But the problem is that I think people don't understand what a tariff will do. I mean, so a tariff, if you think about it, a tariff will basically makes it more expensive on you, the person that has to pay for these things. So you pay the money, and the government gets the money for those taxes. Now, if he would have said subsidies, subsidies mean that it costs him money. But you reap the benefits. Now, is it any surprise that he's very quick to put on a tariff, which he'll get all the money for, but you'll have to pay at that expense? Yeah, and, and people don't. The biggest losers will be people who shop at Walmart. Exactly. You shop yeah. at Walmart. You're at the bottom of the scale. You're not buying from France. You're not buying from Italy and your suits from Italy and your imported cheeses from Italy. You're buying them from China. You're buying them from Mexico. That's where he's putting the tariff. Well, that's the bottom of the ladder. And that means a 38% increase if they want to pass on that cost, which Walmart would have to. I mean, they're not going to eat the rest of the tariff. Who's going to pay for it? You will. Right. So you go in and try to buy these things. It is tariffs 
are the death knell of economies. Once you go into trade wars, it's over. It, I, I've been saying here last week or so, but I was very clear on radio today, I believe we are in World War III of a currency war. First World War, Second World War, those were currency wars as well. The big, huge changes didn't come just in business or just in the buildings uh, and the borders, but it came in the banking system. And we've, we've had kind of a stalemate since we have this one China policy. We've kind of held this thing together. In 1972, the gas crisis, the, you guys aren't old enough, you are, to remember Thank the, you. yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I mean, you remember the oil crisis where yep. Americans, imagine, you couldn't go into a gas station and buy gas unless your license plate ended in an odd number. Yeah. Then you could buy it on a Tuesday, Thursday, uh-huh. or Saturday. And that was, those were the days of the big V8s. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you were drinking yep. gas, and you couldn't buy it, and gas was through the roof. That was caused because we went off the gold standard and tried to devalue our money. We went into a currency war, and that was the Middle East saying, oh, really? Then we're doing this. That's what's coming. That, I mean, the people who are cheering now in the streets for, yeah, make China pay, make these people, this is not going to end well. It won't end well. Couldn't Trump just say he's significantly reducing corporate tax and they're restructuring the whole corporate tax structure? I would much rather structure? hear him say something about the incentives Done of deal, staying. Right? Look, yeah. Talk the, about the incentives well, of staying, the, not the thing you, saying attack. The thing you do is you say, you know what? We're going to reduce regulation. You reduce regulation and you reduce taxes. You cut my taxes to 15% in this company. Imagine what this company makes, 15%. I get to keep, and then the regulation, the amount of attorneys just this company has to hire is awful. You would not believe the attorney bill that this company has just to stay in compliance on the media. If Trump said, we're going to reduce corporate uh, 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 taxes to 15%, and we're going to reduce their regulation the money freed up alone, we become competitive. You can hire more people. That's the way you do it. That's the conservative answer. The progressive answer is punish people. Yeah. Well, that, mm-hmm. that's why I think, <coughs> excuse me, it's so re- important to bring these things up, Bowie, because I don't think that, like, we're seeing a rise in populism basically all over the world. <coughs> and over. there's people that are, like, hitting these issues really hard because I don't, like, I don't think that, I actually, he's got smart people around him. I don't think that when it comes time to actually tear up some of these countries, they're going to be like, look, Donald, we can't really do this. This is going to screw everybody over. But he's getting all this support by talking so, with so much bravado. It's, just, it's important for us to be on the lookout against this type of stuff. I, he's been a big trade deal guy for his whole life. <laughs> he believes in tariffs. There are people that believe in tariffs. They don't ever work. They always lead to depression. Always. And he's a big believer in them. I think he's serious. I think this is the one thing he will do. Between, I don't, how many people think he, on Taiwan, that he knew what he was doing when he called the Madam President, Madam President of Taiwan? I think I, he did. I didn't know he was I think so, Taiwan. Well, they're saying that now, but there's a lot of people who say that he didn't know what he was doing. I think he yeah. did. He knew exactly yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. 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 It, th- that's a signal. This, this is... 
That's Ronald Reagan's policy. The Reagan policy of one China was because we need them to buy our debt. We need their products cheap and we need to buy their debt. So we'll say we don't agree on Taiwan. You keep buying our debt. Don't do anything with Taiwan. We won't recognize them, so we won't get close, but we're still going to protect them. But we just act as though this policy, that Taiwan doesn't exist. For him to come in and say, Madam President, no president has ever done that. It violates and upturns everything. And then to say, the other part of that deal for 40 years is, we're not going to say anything about what you're doing to your currency. Because by Taiwan or by China devaluing their currency, it makes their products cheaper for us. And so the deal was, you buy our debt, we'll buy your products. He's now upturning both national security and our national security of currency upside down. People might be for that, but they need to understand what that means. That's like walking into a bank where you're going to get a house loan, and it's the only bank that will give you a house loan. And you say, I want to tell that bank a thing or two. Good. Somebody in the house needs to say, how about you do that after they give us the loan? Or how about you zip your mouth if you want the house, if you want the mortgage? People are walking into a bank saying horrible things to the Bank of China without understanding that means you're not going to get the mortgage or the cheap groceries. It's not, it's not smart. Yeah, I, I would even take that one step further. When we first had the one China policy, it was both economic and it was strategic because when we've decided to do that deal with China and basically give in to them on their one China policy, uh, I think that was Carter back in around 1979-ish? It was when, 80. When they, okay. Yeah. Um, but that was when they were trying to do that historic deal because China had split with the Soviet Union. And this was our big shot. We're like, oh, if we, could have, if we could bring in communist China onto our side, not only will we be setting the world up for this you know, huge global economy that they were trying to develop and, and culture ever since the fall of World War II, um, but they could possibly cultivate a possible ally into the future. Well, that went horribly wrong for us. Not only is the world going against globalism now and a global economy, but they're also going against... You know, um, but China is also going against us as far as you know, their aspirations strategically the elites, in the world. Elites... Don't look what happened in Italy. In Italy this weekend, they rejected the prime minister, which was a globalist, big government, um, you know, will uh, austerity program, will get this under control by using the same old cronies and the same old advice. And the people voted against it. They went for a Donald Trump style approach. And Nowhere in the media, American or, I'm interested, I'm doing a deal with the BBC and Sky News tomorrow, I'm interested to see what their opinion is and what their questions are for us because I don't see them understanding what's happening to the world. The media and the politicians don't get it. So, so much the president needs to know. So the other angle I wanted to look at in bringing up these stories is the, the mandate question. We're always told after election, does the, does the winning party have a mandate? And what we've heard from the, the Trump side is, yes, we have a mandate. We had a landslide victory here. But they didn't. But they didn't. And one thing I wanted to look at, so we, 
we, we've had 54 presidential elections. And if you rank each one as percentage of the electoral college vote, Donald Trump runs at 44 out of 54. <clears throat> now, if you just look at, um, at elections where there was 538 electoral votes, he still runs 10th. He runs behind Barack Obama's 2008 and 2012 victories, Bill Clinton's 96 and 92, George Bush in 88, uh, LBJ in 64, Nixon in 72, and Reagan in 8084. He runs wow. 10th out of those, just with people at, looking at 538. So, and the other thing, in the House, Republicans lost. And he lost. And he lost, and he lost the popular, popular vote. vote. Which, constitutionally, means nothing. He is the elected president of the United States. Right. But politically... The fact that he lost to Hillary Clinton by two million votes does mean something. So let me ask you this. Have you looked at percentage of the population? Because I remember I said about a year ago that it would be the lowest turnout in U.S. history. Um, and, and, but I said it was going to be for Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton. But I think for different reasons it went the same path. Can you look at per capita? How was the turnout per capita? Do you know? Turnout overall was, uh, I think, a tick up from 2012. Yeah, but that, but but but, but per capita, we've grown in population yeah. since. So, so I'd, I'd like to know. I could look into. Yeah, that look into that but, for me. Uh, yeah, I, the the question I I think we could toss around here is, does he have a mandate, and if so, what is it? It's yeah. I, I mean, I would say clearly. I mean, it, it, it wasn't. He said a landslide. We've said now that it's not a landslide, but. Sure looked like a landslide to me when I was looking at the electoral, electoral college votes go, or uh, tally going up that night. I mean, I was like, dang, this is over. It's in the back. I mean, it, yes, he has a mandate. He has a, he, all he has to say is that he has the constitutional mandate that governs the electoral college. It, yeah, he doesn't have it's a mandate. He, he's not a dictator. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so he doesn't have a mandate to do whatever he wants, but he is the president, and as Barack Obama has said, Elections have consequences. So we, we should be moving in the direction that he is saying, I want to move in. How do you guys feel yeah. about the, the um, uh, Ivanka Trump meeting with Al Gore thing? Yeah, so New York Times wrote an article over the weekend about how Ivanka Trump is potentially uh, the most powerful first daughter in U.S. history. Oh, easy. And she, if you think about it, a lot of people have been approaching her that would not normally approach Donald Trump because she comes off as more level-headed and rational. But her policies... Are left. Very left. And she's already announced she wants to make, or sources have said she wants to make climate change her main focus, and now she's meeting with Al Gore today. So definitely brings into question what her motives are there. Maybe Al Gore thinks she's a masseuse. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, Brad. Well, she's hot enough. She's hot enough if you listen to her dad. Yeah, exactly. Could be what traditionally is more of a first lady's role. She takes it on as the first. This really bothers me. This really bothers me. I mean, Melania doesn't want to do it. Well, I'm sorry, Melania. That's part of the deal. You, your she, husband. She hasn't said that though. Or does she? Melania? Yeah. Or does Melania want to do it, but Ivanka wants to do it more? Or no, has I've heard more... that she doesn't really want that role. Ivanka doesn't. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Melania, Melania doesn't. doesn't. And it bothers me. It's like suck it up. Go read a book to some kids twice a year, and let's call it a day. Also, uh, how hard reading, is that? 
I was reading this article in Politico a couple of weeks ago. The the budget we allocate to the first lady and her staff. Oh yeah. Uh, like two point five million dollars, wow. twenty person staff, for what? But that was that was that was um, um, Barack Obama's doing. Yeah, it, it was well, not like that before. Well, and it, it, it turns out it's been like that for the past few presidents. Oh, not that big. Not close. Really? Yeah. So Laura Bush had a staff about fifteen. Uh, Hillary Clinton had a staff about 18. Uh, I that, and uh, I think uh, all the way back to Nancy, who had a staff about 12 or so. But uh, I'm looking at this, I'm like, so the First Lady is kind of more of a ceremonial role, but we've kind of turned it into this like additional arm of the executive branch. I wonder if Melania really does <clears throat> not want to do the job, or she's being told by people like Ryan or Bannon to take a step back. Yeah, it almost feels she's natural. She's not popular. It almost well, feels natural that Ivanka would take this role, though, because she's a businesswoman. She is very well-spoken, so she kind of has... And she sounds American. Me. It should bother every conservative. <laughs> every conservative should be bothered by this because we had a problem with Bill Clinton getting in. Remember, what did they say? You get one Clinton, oh, you yeah. get the other one for free. Yep. And conservatives were like, uh, no, thank you. And many liberals were, too. I didn't vote for her. Well, we're getting this now with Donald Trump. I didn't vote for your family, dude. Yeah. What's the deal on that? Maybe Melania is afraid seriously about, I mean, all the pictures that came out of her before. Every time she goes out and does something, everyone's reminded of that. She's the first first Have lady. Have you guys seen the picture new. of her on the wing of his plane, in uh, like a thong and a fur and a gun? Ivanka? No. No. Melania. Melania. Oh. Which is going to be the image every time she goes and does something. I couldn't in the public believe eye. what what guy <laughs> says to his wife, "Hey, I want you to get into a thong and go up on my plane wing and act I'll like you're." Us. What? Donald Trump does. Yeah, it's yeah. so bizarre. That's President I, Trump. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, President President elect. Sorry. You're right. Elect Trump. Well, she just. Done, I, mean, I remember when she did, gave her speech at the RNC. I. When she she just, gave Michelle's speech. You mean? The Michelle speech. She gave Michelle's <laughs> yeah. speech. And she quoted Michelle's speech. I, she she just didn't sound point. American. You know what I mean? It was so obvious that I was like, wow. I mean, she just did not sound like the yeah. first lady no, of I, America. I don't think she is comfortable with the role. I mean, you know, I don't mean to sound mean, but it's English is still sort of a struggle. I, I don't think that she's comfortable with going out and. But shouldn't a lot shouldn't of we just being playing yeah. devil's advocate? Shouldn't we be kind of excited about that? that yes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say we don't like, want to start sounding a bunch of. But I mean, I think that's kind of cool. That just I mean, no, forget about her past. Okay, I mean, we we need to come to that point. Like nobody's perfect. But look at Melania, and she is an immigrant. She's made some mistakes oh, here and there. But I it's have so no cool, problem. you know. It's so cool to see that, you know. And she said that she would focus on bullying, and that's great. Well, that's you know? really hard to take from her. But, um, <laughs> but you know, here's here's the thing, though. To pass it on, I agree with you. She's an immigrant. I think it's great that an immigrant is first lady. I think it's great. Here's the problem. If she doesn't want to do it, you don't hand it off to the daughter. Right. Stop with the family stuff. Yeah. Why? What? When did we hire the whole family? She is can't. Is it, is it, she can't be in an official role, right? Like she can't they're actually talk, be. No, they're talking about before, the right? the climate control czar. What, what about the what about the nepotism laws? Doesn't that what bar her from nepotism? There are any. Have you met the Clintons? I mean, well, Robert, but but Robert, different between Robert a first Kennedy lady. He was attorney general. Yeah. I mean, well, that's where the nepotism laws came from. After that appointment. But I don't think they can. I don't think when it comes to czars, that's that's why her husband can't be involved. 
I, I mean, think, he, he's got to be like what in a civilian role outside. Like he cannot be paid to do some of this yeah. stuff. But She's, I don't. But if she, I don't see how we're, we're, if she has a role, they're going to find a loophole around it. They'll find one. This is also the first time in a while, right, that a president has had adult children right. stepping into the White House. So I guess it's kind of a new. This is the first time since George Bush Senior. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't. And then they didn't. I didn't know Jeb Bush. I didn't know George Bush. We knew Neil because he screwed up, but we didn't know the rest of the Bushes. Yeah. We, we hired Dad. Yeah. We didn't hire the children. We're. It's becoming the czar. It's becoming this royal family thing. They're not a royal family. Yeah. Yeah. The Bush kids were out trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. You know, they were buying baseball franchises. Right. Dad's, dad's the president. Oh, well. Right. They weren't trying to force their way into the administration. Right. Uh, okay, so last week on Think Tank, we talked about fake news, but this week, fake news is bringing pretty legitimate threats now. So yesterday, um, a man showed up at Comet, Comet Pizza in D.C., Comet yeah. Ping Pong Pizza, I think, and with a gun and assault rifle to check out the whole Pizzagate conspiracy. That- yeah, how, many, how many people are familiar with Pizzagate before this happened this weekend? Okay, I only heard about it on Friday. It's crazy. Yeah, so apparently uh, a WikiLeaks email um, caught some people to believe that Democrat uh, operatives, when ordering pizza, it was code language for a sex ring happening in the back of this pizza uh, shop. And it's like a sex ring. It's underage. Run by Hillary Clinton and John Podesta. Oh. (laughs) And wow. so some people have been um, pushing this story forward. Cough, Alex Jones, cough. And so this man... You're not actually coughing. <laughs> <laughs> so this man showed up to do some investigating. Luckily, um, police got him before anything could be done, but... Would you work at that pizza place mm. for security reasons? They think that you're running uh-uh. a underage illegal prostitution ring out of the back? In this society, and a guy shows up with a gun, I, I, I don't work there anymore. See, the, the, guy, the guy who owned the store across the street said they had feared about something like this happening for a while since they saw these stories popping up. And oh. Yeah, they've been receiving death threats for a while. A WikiLeaks release? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. A yeah. WikiLeaks story led people to believe, yeah. but it's not in the WikiLeaks story. No. You have to, like... Tie things together. So you have to think that people ordering pizza is code language for ordering underage things. Prostitution. (laughs) Yeah. I tell you what, what scares the crap out of me more about this is how the term fake news has been dominating headlines for, what, a month now? Two, three weeks a month? Just out of nowhere. Like, everyone's being accused of, like, a fake news it's been going um, on for decades. It, it, the National Enquirer <laughs> has been printing fake news. Yeah, no, but right. since no, but 20th. now that's a credible source. <laughs> yeah, true. According yeah. to the president-elect. But it's been going on forever. It's now the cray crays are coming out though, and but now we have like mainstream media outlets are directly challenging right. other like what it was the Post that came out with that article mm-hmm. that basically yeah. said you know Drudge Report all these people are fake news. They're they're weaponizing this this you know claim. To, 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 you know, to, um... Did you finish your investigation for me on that? On who that organization is? Did we ever... Did we get anywhere close to that? No. Okay, so there's an organization called Prop or Not, Prop right? Not. 
propernot.com, and Washington Post did a story a couple of weeks ago on... Um, Russian propaganda. Are you going blind? Yeah, all of a sudden the lights <laughs> go down. I'm going blind. Um, yeah, whether it's Russian propaganda. And they made accusations of these are Russian propaganda outlets, these are the people that retweet and push this stuff out. Well, we don't know who those... We don't know who proper not is. Nobody can find who is behind proper not. I mean, you want to talk about fake news. You want to talk about... That could be a CIA operative. That could be a, 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 a Russian operative. It could be anybody doing that. Really not good. We are just in a place to where you don't trust... 12 years ago, I said, there's going to come a time when you won't know what to trust. Nothing will have any value. And we're here. You just don't know who to trust. Glenn, do you, do you think this is a push for some kind of regulation coming yes. down the pipe? Yes. So we're, talking earlier. Effort. we're talking earlier. China's over there going to be like, this is why we censor. <laughs> yeah. But this is, this is why for a, a, an amoral an uneducated society, you cannot, uh, um, uh, John Adams said, this system is wholly unfit for an amoral and uneducated society. Well, that's why I think the best comment came from our very own Leon Wolf. He tweeted out, fake news isn't the problem. The problem is people are too lazy to double check what they're looking at. Yeah, people don't even read the story. They read the headline. And then they're convinced by the headline. How many times have we read headlines where you click on it and you're like, well, that's not what the story is. People don't even read the story. The average time, do you guys know this? The average time on theblaze.com on each story, how long is it? Less than 10 seconds. Yeah, it's like less than 20. It's like 18 seconds, I think. You can't read a story in 18 seconds. So people just pop on it, pop off. And especially, what are headlines now? They're clickbait headlines to right. get you. To, like most of the time, like when you click on it, it has nothing to do with the title. Right. You know what I mean? Nothing to, at all to do with the title. It's you, clickbait. You get to the meat of it later on down the line. It has nothing to do. You tie that, though, together with the technology that we have. Some of these just Snapchat filters that will change your face with my face and all that. And you're talking about not being able to trust anything. You're going to have videos showing people doing things that they've never done. Yeah. It was tied together with fake It news. was 1980. No, I'm sorry, 1997, 96 or 97, that I said to Stu, you watch, there's going to come a time not too far along the road. Now, this is at a time when you couldn't download a picture in less than 45 minutes, okay? You'd see it start to come out on the screen. It would take 45 minutes for a picture to download. And I said, you watch, won't be too far in the future. Must-see TV will be a thing of the past, We won't sit around on Thursday nights and watch a show. It'll download at 7 o'clock or on Thursday. It will download, but people will watch it whenever they want because everything will happen on your phone. And technology will be so good that you will no longer believe your eyes because you'll be able to make it seem as if anybody did anything. Mm -hmm. Anybody watching Westworld? Oh, spoilers, please. No. I won't won't say what it is. But if you watch this season, they're doing flashbacks of, uh, of Anthony Hopkins. He, he looks like he's 30 years old. He's thin. He's, he's young. It's him. 
but it's not him. It's a, it's, it looks like something from the 1960s or 70s. It's incredible. Hmm. How do you believe your eyes anymore? Yeah. You can't. All right, I want to talk a little bit about Ann Coulter, Sarah Palin, but let's start with the transition now of Ben Carson, officially named HUD secretary. HUD secretary, yeah. May I ask, isn't this the guy who was offered a job running a department that is most like what he is educated to do? Health? <laughs> And said, I don't have the experience to do it. Why now has he been given this department? Why should we feel comfortable? And what the hell qualifications does he have to be HUD secretary? He said he grew up in an inner city. Ah. You know what? I grew up in Mount Vernon. There were farms there. I should be the ag secretary. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, Yeah, so Ben Carson is going to be if confirmed by the Senate, will be the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, which Jason had a great theory on. Oh, I know exactly what's going on. I mean, I figured it out. <laughs> Do any of you guys watch Designated Survivor? Keeper Sutherland? Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Uh, so, is it? Oh, yeah. It's really it's good. Pretty it's good. really good. Yeah. So, I've watched one episode and I was like, eh. yeah. The first episode yeah, wasn't that great. Wasn't that good. It like builds. No. But no. Keeper Sutherland was also HUD uh, Secretary. Yeah. Ah. Yes. So, just in case, Ben Carson. Setting Ben Carson up. To be the future president of the United States. Uh, in the next few years. Also, now right? it all yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And since Bowie and I are both watching uh, Westworld, I figured out what your, where, where you got this. This is actually in your program to bring this up at this point because you're a robot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, so the real interesting thing in this transition is that we were told that um, Trump's pick for Secretary of State had been narrowed to four people. Um, Mitt Romney, David Petraeus, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and uh, Bob Corker. But now it looks like that's expanded to include uh, John Huntsman Jr. and the president or CEO of ExxonMobil. Mm-hmm. This is... So, so, which would be an unconventional pick, but... <laughs> the president of ExxonMobil? Yes. I mean, if you want to set the left on fire... It's a great pick, but other than that purpose, I can't think of why. He's draining the swamp. I think that... By putting <laughs> the guy into, oh my gosh, that runs the biggest corporation in the world in charge? I personally think that he's getting hit on now for um, using too many uh, former generals in his cabinet. I think that these other people that are mentioned, I think he's already made up his mind. I think yeah, it's David Trace. But I, don't th- I think that he's adding these extra people in to say, look, no, I, I added in a bunch of civilians, you know, CEOs, whatever. I did my due diligence. I considered them all, but I'm going with the general because he was just the most fit for the job. That's what I think. Or, or he's casting a, a new season of The Apprentice. He's going to use these guys to have a competition. Did you see um, the... Uh, um, not Bergdahl. That was driving me nuts this weekend. Oh. Uh, Snowden said... Petraeus did more. You disagree, obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Here we go. We all know how Jason I, I, I know. I'm ready for him to I'm turning red. I just want to go and strangle a guy in Moscow. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was the most ludicrous Wait, statement. So he, he specifically gave stuff to the press to be released. Now, Petraeus, 
had like a little black book or whatever with a bunch of stuff in it that this, his biography had, but was never released to the public. It was never released to the public. You, you can't compare the two. You just can't. Oh, my gosh, this guy. <laughs> I, so I'm only saying this because yeah. I know you have an 18-hour flight ahead of you. <laughs> so you I just want you wanted? to be, like, twitchy. <laughs> but, so if Trump does pick Petraeus, are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm comfortable. I mean, yeah, I, I served at the same time when Petraeus was there. I mean, the guy is brilliant at what he does. Um, Aren't so, we doing the same thing that we did with Hillary Clinton? Yeah. I mean... She's not trusted with state secrets. That's the one hit. Yeah, it's an easy one. I mean, one. if I had a problem with Hillary Clinton and state secrets, why don't I have a problem with Petraeus? What yeah. is the argument that he paid his time and Hillary Clinton never did? But responsibility, I think, is... I think that's a key hit. You know, that he yeah. wasn't responsible with it then. How can we... He can be responsible for it, you know, when he becomes Secretary of State. But I don't know. I, I, my big thing about Trey is I know that he's capable. I know that he knows, especially what the problems I look at in the world. Uh, we have an insurgency problem in, in Ukraine, dealing with that. Everything in the Middle East, that's Petraeus's lane. I mean, he, he's basically set up to deal specifically with those problems. I don't see anybody else that could do it any better. Uh, so this day in history, uh, prohibition oh. was repealed today, the 21st Amendment. So it took a constitutional amendment to replace the previous amendment that had outlawed, you know, the sale and manufacture of, of uh, alcohol. This, this is also the only time we have an amendment to repeal another amendment. Is right. that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is also the only time that I could actually imagine somebody bringing alcohol to the table because we have a story that we're telling about alcohol. Why did you not bring it today? That's a fail. Yeah. yeah. That is well, a fail, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. I was busy preparing for the show. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, but... Why do you think it was repealed? Hmm. Taxes. Yep, it always comes down to the big dollar sign, right? The government said, wait a minute, we're missing out on a lot of easy tax revenue here, so... We're seeing the same thing happen today with yeah. marijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the government just cared about our health. <laughs> they don't? Always <laughs> about taxes. Yeah. Always <laughs> about money, taxes. Money, money. Um, let me go back um, real quick to Sarah Palin. Sincerely, has she had a brain aneurysm? Because I don't know what has happened to her. First, remember how weird that was when she came out and she was like, I love him. He's great. And I can see him from my kitchen window. (laughs) And she was crazy when she endorsed. Mm -hmm. Um, Then she went out and she was stomping and stumping hard. Then he said, I'm going to consider you for the VA position, which would be good. I think she would get that. She'd be great at it. She'd be great at that. Mm -hmm. But then this weekend, she came out and and stood against his carrier thing, which she said is crony capitalism and socialism. Well, it's to prove she just didn't drink the Kool-Aid. But it's so that when she gets the position, she said, look, I'm going to keep him straight. I yeah. hate to quote people that I don't like to quote, but you own it, Sarah. You brought it to the table. I mean, how, how, how are you... He said he would do that. I don't, I don't get it. She's just not shaking the pom-poms. I think, yeah. she, I think she's butthurt. I mean, seriously. You think so? I, you think yeah. what? I think she's butthurt. I think she's just mad. 
Yeah, maybe she's not getting the position. Butthurt? Butthurt. Oh, butthurt. Butthurt. Well, there is that story about Last Tango in Paris, so they both kind of work <laughs> together. Oh, that's the other weird thing, because now Scott, former uh, Massachusetts Senator Scott Brown, is being considered for the VA position. And, he's and getting, Pete Hegseth. Huh? Pete Hegseth. Yeah, sure. Oh, Pete uh, would be great. But, thank you. But Scott Brown is getting backup from Elizabeth Warren now, who's saying he would be great for the position. Oh, my God. It's a weird, strange bedfellow situation. Yeah. And you were just saying about Pete, because I, I think you have a thing for Pete. <laughs> That's one of her intellectual You've got the Romney's intellectual crush. Uh, intellectual crush? He is an intellectual crush of mine. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. He's good. <laughs> I like Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mitt, Mitt Romney is another one. He's a little old for you. He's an... In- Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to um, Iraq. Yeah. Why? What are you coming home with? Um, So when we did six days in Iraq last year, we uh, we met up with a Christian militia group that had just you know moved into their town. It was town Telscuf, and we got to talk to the people there, and it was just an amazing experience. Um, Their whole all their dreams of moving back into some of their other villages that had been taken by ISIS were basically just far-off dreams. But everyone could not wait to actually go and liberate their old homes. And um, at the time, I remember Dan and I just thinking that this is not going to happen. You know, it's, they were just dragging their feet. Well, now these villages are being liberated. I mean, you've met a lot of people that came from these, Glenn. Uh, Karakosh, you know, all those people. The, these are now open. And there's... You know, the people that Mercury One sent over to, um, I want to say Yugoslavia, but uh, it wasn't. Slovakia. 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 Um, a lot of them are going home. Yeah. Mm. They, they've, they're moving back because mm. Kerkosh is open again. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and they're torn at that. They, I think that the Iraqi Christian uh, populace is torn. On one hand, you, they say, look, no one is going to look after us. We're always going to be the minority, and they're always going to come for us first. Yep. So let's get out of there. But there's another side. There's another side that are taking oh, their weapons. They're defending themselves. They're strong-willed. They're, they're so strong, and it's so amazing. But so I want to go and see that firsthand. I want to see them moving in, talk to them, see what their aspects are. But it's not really just moving in. I mean, you're going. I've worn flak jackets before. I have not worn one like the one you were provided with. (laughs) That is a. Did you guys feel that? Oh yeah. Uh I mean, that is that is. You're wearing a. And you've got the uh, press hat too. A the helmet. you're wearing a Ben Franklin potbelly stove. <laughs> <laughs> it's serious, and I, we didn't wear this last time. We went to the Sinjar front, and we did get shot at there, but I didn't wear it then. But this is a little different. Because um, you have to go in through the tunnel, the ISIS tunnels. Yeah. Do you know that they're vacated? I, uh, supposedly. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, because they are using that as a troop transport to get actual soldiers to the front and into Mosul. Um, so, yeah, it is clear. But the problem is, is that where we're going, CNN was just ambushed, what, a couple weeks ago in that exact same area right around in there. So it's an urban area. ISIS sneaks in there, and they do ambushes there all the time. They also drive in suicide trucks, which is the biggest scare to take people out. So this is serious. This is, but, but this is also where Americans are working side by side with Iraqi special forces. And I really hope to get that. I want to hear what they have to say about that. And I also want to hear about what is the plan going forward? Is there a plan at all? Because I don't think Obama has a plan. I think this is kind of like his last stop on his legacy world tour. Mm. And I think that he just wants to get the city liberated with no plan whatsoever for who controls it and who gets stronger afterwards. I think we lose in the end of it. But we'll find out together. 
Okay, we'll see you back here Tuesday morning. Yes, You're coming in Tuesday morning yep. after that long flight. Um, and we'll talk to you on radio this week as well. Great. Let's just say a quick prayer, mainly with Jason as our focus. Lord, we are grateful for all of the blessings that we have in our life, especially our hardships, Lord. They make us who we are. We would ask, Lord, that you would take away any hardships away from Jason um, this week and put a hedge of protection around him and all those that he communicates with. We would ask that you would allow him to return home safely as so many of your people are returning home safely to their homes there in Iraq. We're grateful for any role that we have played in a positive way. We're asking for a blessing on those in the audience that are sick, afflicted, and those that can only send prayers to help. We love you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen. 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 From Dallas, good night, America. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.